Black Thought is one of the greatest MCs of all time, period. And I've known him since before his first album. I met The Roots in the summer of 92 in Philly when they were a four-piece band called The Square Roots. And that summer, they were playing on street corners in Philly and building their chops. And you could tell even then that Black Thought was going to be a beast. He was then an incredible rapper, and he was constantly working at his craft. There was no plan B for him. But how could there be? He's a generational talent. He's a lyrical monster. His flows are smooth. He's brilliant. He's an unabashedly intelligent streetwise super rapper with an incredible sounding voice. The depth of his tones can make anything sound great. And the man is dedicated to his craft and dedicated to the culture. He's an MC who has helped push the culture forward. And he wants modern MCs to raise the bar, as Combat Jack would say. Is there a book that you've read that you wish all MCs would read? Mmm. Yeah, the, uh, the, uh, Webster Dictionary. <laughs> <laughs> now, wait a minute. You've read the dictionary? <laughs> I mean, nah, not cover to cover, but I mean, you know. But Black Thought kind of feels like he's surrounded by a world of millennial rappers who are letting the culture down. There are people who are who are vocalists who go into the booth and you know don't use any words. You know, nothing, no audible word. You know what I mean? It's just, you know, mumbling. Black Thought has a lot to say in this interview about millennial rappers and how he's not a big fan of hip-hop nowadays. That kind of blew my mind, even though it didn't really surprise me. But still, damn, when a seminal MC looks at the culture and says, eh, that's heavy. But this is a man in the midst of massive success, a legendary musician and a Hollywood actor who's part of one of the biggest shows on TV, The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. And despite all of that, he still thinks a lot about the teenage boy he was, a teenager who felt despair. If you'd ask me what I, was, what I saw myself doing at 25 or 30 when I was 15, I couldn't see myself you know, still being here on this earth just because... Who, 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 who lived to be that old? A teenager who knew great loss. Both, both my parents were murder, murder victims. My father, uh, when I was super young, like uh, before I turned two, and my mother uh, when I was 16 years old. That person seems to be a big part of Black Thought's music even to today. This is a Torre show, and I'm Torre, and on this show I speak to successful people about success, and... Today, it's a special episode. I interviewed Black Thought on stage at the Brooklyn Museum in front of a few hundred people who were there for the Brooklyn Conference. We talk a lot about what it means to be a great MC and how to practice and what the essential elements of MCing are and how much Thought loves words. But we start by talking about hip hop and art and protest and Trump, but quickly move into Thought's blistering criticism of the current generation of rappers. If art, and I want to talk about art with you today, Thought, um, if art is about making change happen, hip-hop definitely fits in squarely within that. Since day one, hip-hop has been political, it's been aggressive, it was... At first, it was very critical of Reagan, then of Bush, lightly of Clinton. 
Um, and, but now we're in a really special era, right? A special challenge for the nation. I mean, I'm, I'm, it's funny, but I'm serious. We are in an ongoing national emergency. We just don't act like it every day. But hip-hop has historically been a space where folks would warn, would send out ideas around, look out for this. There's, these are the attitudes we need to have in terms of resistance to a Reagan, a Bush, and now a Trump. So is there a responsibility, is there an opportunity that rappers have in this moment uh, to, to shine a light, to sound an alarm, to tell people how to respond in this moment of Trump? Um, you know, I feel like, and we were just talking about this, about uh, hip-hop. I feel like uh, that's the job of hip-hop. That, that's always been sort of the, you know, one of the, the, the mission statements of, of hip-hop is to be, to be informative uh, in that way and to sort of, uh, you know, be that sounding board and, 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 and you know, re- re- reflect the times and, you know, to, to be critical of, of the culture in that way. But I think what the music has evolved into, in, just, in the business has evolved into at this point is, um, is more pop than hip-hop. And I don't know that the, the responsibility of the pop artist has always been, you know, the same. I don't know if, uh, you know, the, the mission of the pop artist uh, began the same way that the, the mission of the, of the, hip, the hip-hop artist uh, did. And you feel a lot of distance from that group, right? Yeah. You're like, they're, they're not doing the same thing that... Yeah, yeah, I definitely, I feel yeah, a lot of distance. I feel like, uh, you know, the music, the, the hip, the rap music... Uh, or the hip-hop music of, of the millennial is, um, you know, there's much about it that, that I don't really understand. And I, I was, as I was saying, I feel like it's because it's not for me. Like, it's not, you know, re- being created with my you know, sensibility taken into consideration. Right, right. When uh, we were 25, we didn't care what 45-year-old people yeah, thought. Yeah, exactly. And now we're on the other side of that equation. Yeah, yeah. Sure. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, when I was when I was a young person, nineteen, twenty, I didn't care what forty-five year old people thought. And you, know, and that the same thing could be said about people who you know uh, created and 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 who who championed uh, you know, the jazz era, you know, b- before us. Like, but when, is it just a function of age, or is the millennial rapper doing something fundamentally different that you, as a hip hop purist, is like? Mm, no, nah, that's not it. Well, yeah, well, you know, one thing that the millennial rapper is, is doing, and it, not, this isn't across the board, um, you know, every millennial rapper doesn't do this, but lots of them um, you know, have abandoned uh, words, like have abandoned, you know, they don't, they don't use words, which... Some, some of the folks may be receiving hip-hop through their kids or what have you. So can you give them just an example of what you mean by hip-hop without using words? I mean hip-hop without using words. I mean, like, literally. There's, there are people who are, who are vocalists who go into the booth and you know, don't use any words. You know, nothing, no audible word. You know what I mean? It's just, you know, mumbling. And there's... Uh, the mumble rap thing is something that I, I, I was kind of the first person to do. 
Okay. But I did it in jest. You know what I mean? And I did it, you know, just for a chorus you know, of a song where I did rap. There were like three verses, and then the chorus would be, and the name of the song was Don't Say Nothing. So it was about not saying anything, and I feel like that has become uh, the standard. To, to flip to the other direction, because I want to talk about MCing in a, as granular a level as I can get as a non-musician, um, you are in love with words and specific words. And yeah. we were just talking about algorithm as a word yeah, yeah. that just sort of appeared to you. They're like, I want to use this. And you're trying to figure out for a week, how can I work algorithm into a rhyme? Yeah. I mean, tell them about, um, about that. I mean, yeah, you know, me being from that generation uh, of the, the hip hopper, the, the artist who was, you know, super conscious about uh, you know, wit and uh, you know, cleverness when, 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 when writing a, a song. Um, yeah, sometimes a word will just come to me that I'll be, uh, you know, I'll just set my sights on using. It's like, I don't know how I'm going to use this word or this phrase or this idiom or whatever, how I'm going to, you know, make reference to it, but I'm going to. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm constantly working on some verse or, you know, just putting together lines. Th- these words work together, you know what I mean? These lines sort of rhyme. And, um, what did you rhyme algorithm with? Oh yeah, I took. I, I had to make up a word, kind of, to get me to that algorithm. See, first, I was thinking algorithm, algorithm. Um, I should, I should call Alchemist and tell him that you know he should do a, a project or a song called Algorithms. And I was like, Nah, I'm not giving him that shit. And, and, and you, and you were focused on a sound and meaning. Yeah, yeah. It's a, you know, for me, it's um, it's as much about the you know, the flow of the syllables as, the, as it's about the word that they create. Okay. So, yeah, so how I got to, sorry, how I got to the algorithm line, I, um, I started, you know, I guess talking about my origins. Mm-hmm. And I like to kind of set the tone uh, so that my verses uh, are, are, you know, vivid, like a, 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 a visual sort, sort of narrative. So I said, um, what did I say? I said, Things, we, things we've lost in the fire, the drive, the desire to perform on a higher plateau. I'm at a rap show lost in the mire, wondering how we got so far from inspired. Um, and I say, uh, back when photos were sepia-toned and a record player was something you would keep in your home, the night traveler, the meaning of Tariq, he was known for the exemplary performance uniquely his own making the 21 pound for some a newfound religion. When money's put down, there's only one sound that makes OGs and young lions equally proud to listen. The secret amalgamism of algorithm. Amalgamism. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. How long did it take you to write that? Um, I've been working on it like the past week or so. Is, so that, is it normal, like a week for a verse? Um... It's some, sometimes it'll be 10 minutes for a verse or a song will write itself. But, you know, um, I try to always be working on something. And whenever uh, I hear a word or I'm inspired by something that I might want to revisit later, I, I make it a point to, to write it down. 
I can very clearly say what are the elements that a professional baseball player must master. He's got to throw, he's got to catch, he's got to hit, right? he's got to run. What are the elements of an MC that, that, that to be a great MC? What, what, are those, what would be a five tool or six tool? What would, what would we be talking about? Um, I mean, I think to be a great MC, you have to be, uh, you know, obviously knowledgeable of uh, the English vocabulary. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, you need to be conscious of, of uh, the, the quality of, of your craft, you know? What do you mean the quality of your craft? Uh, well, you know, you need to, it, your, your, your craft, like the, 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 your, your, your skill, your level of skill should matter. It has to matter to you in order to be an MC. you know what I'm saying? You can't, you know, you can't be an MC and say, Man, I don't even, I don't even, you know, write this shit. You know what I mean? I don't even, uh, you know, I don't even, I ain't no rapper, man. I don't even be rapping. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, it, which I feel like uh, for some, some newer, some of the newer artists, that's that's what they pride themselves in, you know? mm. and not in, in being the antithesis to what what we call uh, an, an, an MC. You know, um, I feel like you need to be able to uh, perform. Um, in front of people, you need to uh, be able to to make the the English language work for you. Like in that way, the the, the amalgamism thing. You know, some people might say, "Oh, you made that word up," but you, you kind of know what it means. And there's something to be said about a person who can make up a word. Oh, that's dope. You know, and still convey uh, its its meaning to you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I feel like those, these are all uh, uh, skills that that an, an MC should kind of possess. Um, you know, breath control. Um, you know, is 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 another huge one. But yeah, I mean, I think it, more than anything, you need to you need to uh, be read, be be well read, and, and to no, you don't you don't you don't need to be. You just need to be knowledgeable of of words and, and how they fit together and knowledgeable of uh, how to set a scene and, and, and tell a story. Is there a book that you've read that you wish all MCs would read? Mm. We live in a world where you can get anything you need delivered to your door thanks to DoorDash. If you don't want to do the dishes or you feel a little sick, let DoorDash bring dinner tonight. My family uses DoorDash all the time because it connects us to our favorite restaurants without us having to drive. Last night, we got some Indian food for my wife, some gumbo for me, and sushi for the kids. And everyone was happy. And we didn't have to do the dishes. The process of ordering was quick and easy. And I love DoorDash for real. So I was so happy to do this for them because I'm a customer. Because I know DoorDash is your door to more. Must be over 21 to order alcohol. Alcohol available only in select markets. DoorDash, your door to more. Download the DoorDash app now to get almost anything delivered. One of the people who helped inspire me to want to be in broadcasting is Oprah Winfrey. She's an inspiration for so many of us, but her daytime talk show was so incredible. And it told me that you could be black and authentic and real on TV. And that made me want to do it, too. Black Stories, Black Truths is NPR's new collection that's a celebration of blackness. 
Each of NPR's Black voices are as direct, varied, distinct, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and how to create world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account of what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. Black perspectives that haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story, but now they are the story. On NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Hear a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center Black voices. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as varied, as nuanced, and as Black as we are. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR, wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, the... uh the uh, Webster Dictionary. <laughs> <laughs> now, wait a minute. You've read the dictionary? <laughs> I mean, nah, not cover to cover, but I mean, you know, I think... You'd be um, like Malcolm in prison, like, our yeah. I, I'm yeah. A book that I think, that I wish every rapper would read. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I just wish, you know... Rappers more. would read more. <laughs> when you reference breathing, I heard some giggling, but that's an extraordinarily important part of it. And yeah. circular breathing is yeah. a critical uh, tool for rappers to be able to rap longer than a normal person would be able to talk. Right. Talk about what is circular breathing and how do you employ it? Um, circular breathing is, 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 uh, is just that. It's like rationing out. Not even re- circular breathing is uh, is breathing from the, the diaphragm as opposed to from the chest, and it's uh, you know reaching deeper into one's uh, you know, self in order to project a you know sound, and uh, it's uh, a technique used by orators and uh, you know, vocalists, singers, uh, people who sing in the opera as well as, you know, people, just public speakers. So, um... And what does it allow you to do? I mean, it allows you to articulate uh, without losing your breath, and it allows you to resonate uh, sonically with everyone in the room in, in a different way. It, it, you know, it gives you a, a... It gives depth and dimension to uh, the, 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 the voice. Are you doing it now? No. no <laughs> who are some orators outside of hip hop who have inspired you or helped you see like that's the kind of vocal artist I want to be? Mm-hmm. Famous or not famous? Ah oh, man. Oh, that's a, that's, that's that's a tough one. Um, I mean, you know, mo. People like old uh, uh, pastors of of, of, like Baptist ministers and like church preachers. I think um, my style was probably inspired by some some of those guys somewhere. 
I, I, I had a feeling that you were going to say that yeah. to that question. And I, 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 didn't, I didn't know quite why I thought that, but I, I thought you would say that a, a Baptist preacher. Yeah, I think there. there's something about uh, the placement of the breath that is taken, you know, which we, we spoke about this before, too. It's, uh, there's a point at which, you know, you can take a breath and articulate a sound or, you know, get a word or get a syllable out at the same time. And, um, yeah, when, when you, it's like being underwater and you come up and get to take that one breath of fresh air. It's like uh, it, 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 it fuels the fire for uh, a little bit of the way, you know what I mean? Um, from one breath, a, 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 a minister or an artist like myself is able to, you know, speak and project for many more minutes before taking another breath. Yeah. So, yeah, I think um, I was definitely inspired by, by you know, church pastors and stuff like that. When we talk about breathing, I've been thinking about pausing a lot, right? Because I'm right. working with Rakim on a book with him, and he talks about writing the rhymes out and planning where he's going to pause. Yeah. And I had never heard an MC talk about, about that. Um, but you... Do you think about where you're going to pause to get the rhythmic uh, sort of explosion that you want? Yeah, absolutely. I, um, you know, if I write a verse or a song, uh, as I go over it in, in my head, you know, I'm, I'm making mental notes of, of where it's best to, to take a breath, you know, just to, to maximize, uh, I guess, the potential of, of said breath. I think my favorite pause of yours... Um, there's a line that I love, and, I, and it's in my playlist of when I'm running, because it's an upbeat song, but you say, I'm a threat like alcohol, tobacco, and there's a little pause, oh, and, yeah. it, and firearms, and yeah. it totally changes where, you were, where I thought you were going yeah. with the thought, and it's like, wow, like, you know what I mean? The pause makes the huge difference of it yeah. becoming... Two thoughts, right? Rather than just you know, I'm a threat like the ATF. Like, yeah, okay, yeah. all right, that's a very simple thought. But when I thought you were going this direction, then you flip it, and it's like it just explodes in the mind that much more. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a pause that was planned, or did that come out in the studio? Um, it was. It was definitely uh, uh, planned. I guess that's that's the way that I write. You know, um, I want, you know, there to be, I want you to think that the natural progression of what, what I'm saying or what I've written is one thing. And then, you know, to wow you when you realize that you know, my, I intended something totally different, you know. So when, when folks talk about black thought, there's generally two schools of thought. He's one of the greatest of all time. He's underrated. He should be rated higher than he is. Do you think you're one of the greatest of all time? Do you think that you are underrated? I def- I, uh, today, I think I'm one of the greatest of all time. And, and, and you know, I'm, sometimes I, I feel underrated, but when we get into ratings, like, I've never seen myself underrated. You know what I'm saying? Like, when people are ranking artists, ranking MCs, rappers of all time, or, you know, dead or alive or whatever, I'm, you know, 
I, I, I'm always in that top 10. So, yeah. I mean, I, don't, I feel like that's not, I mean, there have been, you know, millions of, I don't know, millions, but there have been so many other artists, you know, to, to have come before I came out. And, you know, since I've been out here doing my thing, that um, yeah, I feel like that's a, a, a great company to, to sort of be in. Are you still a fan of hip-hop like you were when you were back in Philly and, and, and trying to get in? Or no. has your ardor cooled? Um, it's no. cool. Yeah, no, I'm not a fan of, of hip-hop in that, in that way. Um, you know, it's lost. Uh, it's, it's luster. For, you know, I don't, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a jaded sort of artist now. And, uh, you know, but that, I'm, a, I'm a champion of, of hip-hop and an ambassador of, of the arts, no less. Sure. You know, but, um, I mean, I don't know who, in your youth, the, you know, there, there's something to be said about, about being introduced to something, like growing up with something. Sure. You know, with, uh, with the arts, um, that it always changes at some point, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I wonder, yes, there's that, and like jazz could not continue to shock once its, its lessons are yeah. taken into the culture. Rock and roll cannot continue exactly. to shock, and I think some of us are a bit surprised to get to, because we thought hip-hop would always be shocking. Yeah, I mean, I'm not. sure, you know... Those jazz guys and, and you know the people who were recording rock and roll when it was still you know awesome. Um, <laughs> I'm sure they felt you know that it was something that would never end too. But at some point, it, it you know it, it always fought, it, I don't know it changes. I mean, I, I, take it a step further because the last because because uh, the Roots had uh, an incredible man as their manager, Rich Nichols. Yeah. He passed away a few years ago, but he's, he's an incredible brother, brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, the last sort of philosophical argument that I had with him, he was like, hip-hop is dead. And I'm like, how could you say that? And he was like, you know, its ability to shock is gone, and that is yeah. critical to what it is. So do you agree that hip-hop is dead? Yeah, hip-hop as we knew it, you know, yes, I agree. I agree with, with Rich. In that you know, its its ability to shock is is gone. Is is it is there something that could be done to bring it back? Or I mean, or are we talking about like you know, the, the ability to shock is gone. This thing is in the suburbs. Like we got to pick up something new and move on. Well, no, you know, the sad part about what can be done, and you know, what is being done to 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 bring it back is just the the state of affairs. You know, uh, the, 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 the socio-political state of the world we live in and, and conditions. I feel like that, you know, begat hip-hop uh, in the beginning and that, you know, from that, whatever's going to be next is, is, is going to come. You know what I mean? Um, it'll be, it won't be, it, there'll never be hip-hop as you and I knew it in the 70s and 80s and 90s mm. again. But, you know, they're, they're, hip-hop can still exist because the conditions that, you know, kind of called for there to be a hip-hop still exist. I, I know there are things that I can do as a writer that I couldn't have done 15 or 20 years ago, things that I can convey. Mm-hmm. Um, are there things that you can do as an artist, as a rapper? And I mean, like, Technically, not not that things have opened up because you're a star, but that things you've learned that you can convey now that you couldn't do ten or fifteen years ago. Um, yeah, you know, I feel like I'm able to tap into a far more 
personal, vulnerable, um, mortal you know, side of myself as an artist now than I, than I was you know, 10 or 15 or you know, 20 years ago. You know, um, I feel like it, it, it's something that has evolved over time and I feel uh, the ways in which I presented myself as an artist over time have kind of uh, you know created uh, uh, not a demand but you know almost like created a mystique where you know people who are who are into me or who are who are, who are fans of of, of the roots uh, have kind of wanted to to wanted access into a different dimension of, of myself as as an artist you know so um, I don't know I feel like it, where before or earlier in my career, um, the the way I wrote, especially when talking about the, the craft, was more just presenting myself as a as the all powerful, you know, the almost as immortal, you know. Um, now I feel like it's it's acceptable to deal with uh, mortality. You were in that. Uh... James Brown movie that Chadwick Boseman starred as James Brown, which was a fantastic film. I was. And there was a great moment when James is rehearsing the band, and he's like, and you had the trumpet, right? Uh, not saxophone. You had I, was, saxophone. I was playing uh, Pee Wee Ellis. And he's like, what, what are you holding? And you're like, it's a, no, it's a drum. Yeah. Right? And you see James saw every instrument as a drum, and you yeah. can hear that. Um, and you know about that because when you get in the pocket and you get yeah. in the rhythm, you're one of the drum. You are a drum, yeah. right? Within. So, can you just convey sort of the feeling of what it's like to when you really get in the pocket and you're riding it and you're a drum within the sound, within the rhythm? I don't. I don't know that I can. You know, um, it's a feeling that's really hard to describe. Um, but you, you know, when when you're there, you 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 know that you're there, and sometimes it's almost you know it's overwhelming. You know what I mean? Uh, the 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 you it's just a feeling of, of satisfaction, a, a euphoric feeling of uh, I don't know. It's, it's it's hard to describe. It seems from the outside like it might be like what athletes talk about when they get in the zone and they know the basket is huge or yeah yeah you know, whatever. Yeah. It's I, I think it's a lot like that. You know, like when you're in the zone, you kind of you kind of know it. How do you practice? <laughs> Your voice is killing. How do you? Pra- <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I'm no, no, no. <laughs> so. Um, how do you how do you practice? <laughs> uh, is that better? Is that better? I uh, uh, I don't I don't really practice. You know, I practice in in real time. You know, I'm always actually recording something or actually you know writing for you know it's not really hypothetical. So uh, if I'm rehearsing, it's for something that uh, like I'm gonna, I'm gonna be applying that rehearsal later that day or something. Sure. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't. I don't really uh, rehearse in that way. Um, I've, I have. I've you know, rehearsed, I've practiced for thousands of hours. But it's just something that I don't. I don't do. Anymore. So at this stage, you know, I, and I mean just practice in general for being an MC, not for a specific. Oh well, I mean you know, for being an MC, you, I mean you have to stay sharp. You know what I mean? You have to keep your. So how do you do that? Um, you have to rap. You have to do it. You know. You have to do it. Uh, you don't always have to be 
you know, battling someone. But, um, you know, friendly competition is, is, is always good. It's good to, you know, surround yourself with, with other like-minded artists who you kind of respect. Um, yeah, always be, you know, always be creating. That's, that's, that's our practice. So for the next generation of MCs, for the guys who aren't, we haven't heard yet, but who are coming up, mm. What's the advice? What's the direction? What do you want to see out of them? Um, you know, the I, guys and women. That was not meant. Yeah, yeah, I know, I, I know what you meant. I mean, you know, I, I would, I want them to be, uh, uh, I guess, fearless in their, in their, you know, creativity, um, and less concerned with the. Uh, the trends, mm. you know what I mean? Um, yeah. When you say fearless, that is really important, and that is a quality that you see over and over in so many MCs, mm. in what they say, in you know how they present themselves. And I remember talking to KRS-One about these sort of things, and he said that a hip-hop song is like a confidence sandwich in that the listener will put it literally, figuratively, into their mouth and repeat the words, and you build the confidence yeah. that the MC had, and then you're ready to go attack the game or your day yeah. or your workout or whatever it is. Do you, do you, are you talking about that same sort of thing? Yeah, I mean, I feel like at, at its best, that's, you know, that's how, how it works, you know? Um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, your, your, your music can... I mean, has the potential to become a confidence-affirming mantra. <laughs> what are some of your favorite words? I've been thinking about uh, the word vehicular. For a while, I was I fixated on the word uh, obsidian, and uh, I used that you know, a couple years ago in uh, a freestyle. It's like you know, sometimes. What'd you rhyme that with? Oh man. It was in the verse that I used uh, when I was speaking at Harvard a couple years ago. I think I, I rhymed obsidian with, uh, I said black as obsidian, um, black as oblivion, black as the sky at midnight out to meridian. I'm black as a portrait with Diddy, Tupac, and Biggie in. Uh, black as the influence on the culture we're living in. So all of that was just so I could use the word obsidian. Obsidian. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. What's the... Let me get one more. What's your your top five all-time MCs? What does eating healthy mean to you? Whatever your eating goals, Thrive Market is the best place to get all your groceries and household essentials. And getting Thrive shipped to your door is like having a great supermarket right outside your house. I love that Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and ethical sourcing methods. Whether you're looking for organic kid snacks or low sugar alternatives or gluten-free essentials, Thrive Market's got it and their site lets you curate your shopping experience quickly. And as a Thrive member, I save on every order, usually about 30%, which of course I love. And when you join, you help a family in need with the membership matching program. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus 
a $60 gift for free. Go to thrivemarket.com slash Toray for 30% off your first order plus that free $60 gift. That's Thrive, T-H-R-I-V-E, market.com slash Toray. Thrivemarket.com slash Toray. On March 16th, 2000, two sheriff's deputies were shot in Atlanta. Jamil Alamine, a Muslim leader and former black power activist, was convicted. But the evidence was shaky, and the whole truth didn't come out during the trial. My name is Mosi Secret, and when I started investigating this case in my hometown, I uncovered a dark truth about America. From Tinderfoot TV, Campside Media, and iHeart Podcasts, Radical is available now. Listen to the new podcast, Radical, for free on the iHeart Radio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Mm, top five all-time seats for me, um, Rakim, Cool G Rap, Big Daddy Kane, KRS-One. Uh, Chuck D. In that order? Today. In that yeah. order? Yeah. It, well, oh, no, in no particular order. In no particular order. In no particular order. Um, yeah, today. You know, or, uh, tomorrow, it might be uh, you know, Ice Cube, uh, Grandmaster Kaz, uh, Cool Mo D. You know what I mean? There's, it's interesting that you are still prizing the folks from that earlier generation, mm-hmm. which was a more monosyllabic no internal rhymes, generally less complex, technically complex than the generation that you're part of, which is polysyllabic, internal rhymes, yeah. a lot of complexity. Yeah, because I feel like uh, that's where what it is that, that I do and what, what my you know, generation does yeah. sort of came from. So you know, I, I, when people ask me who my top five, who my top ten, it's always artists who kind of made me want to do what it is that... that I do. The last thing, man, you are a superstar on television every <laughs> night. You know, you're like, yeah, the other day when I was speaking at Harvard, you know what I mean? Duh. Like, you know, and, and did you catch my HBO show, The Deuce? And, you know what I mean? I was with the Dallas Symphony. And, and not saying these things uh, in any, you know, way, you know, any, any, any non-humble way, but just you're, you're living large and you came from the streets of South Philly, right? Yeah, yeah, I absolutely. mean, like, do you, do you ever say, like, damn, like, I have come a long way? Yeah, I say that every day. I say that every day. Because I come from, you know, when I was a young person, when I was uh, 15 years old, for instance, I didn't, you know, there wasn't much that I believed or believed in just because, I, you know, I didn't have any, I didn't have a, a reason to, you know, uh, if you would ask me what I was, what I saw myself doing at 25 or 30 when I was 15, I couldn't see myself, you know, still being here on this earth just because who, 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 who lived to be that old? Wow. You know, I show me five people from the neighborhood who are 30 and still here. And were your parents gone at that point? Well, my my father, both my parents are murder victims. Uh, give, me, give, me, give me one second while you talk about his father, please. Now, both both my parents were murder murder victims. My father, uh, when I was super young, like uh, before I turned two, and my mother uh, when I was sixteen years old. So, yeah, but yeah, I, I, I'm I'm thankful and, and, and just grateful every day because I feel like uh, you know my trajectory was something totally different. <laughs> Thanks, man. Thanks to Black Thought for a really candid, open, honest conversation that really helps me understand him and his art that much more. 
If you're wondering what's going on with some of those noises at the end, that was the Brooklyn Conference trying to play us off because Senator Gillibrand had to come on right after us, and I was trying to squeeze out a couple extra minutes. But it's amazing how sometimes when you get to know an artist better, their work becomes clearer to you on an even deeper level. Thank you for listening to Torre Show. I hope this conversation was valuable for you. If you want to talk to me, I'm on Twitter at Torre and on Instagram at Torre Show. Stop by and say hi. And if you like the show, subscribe, rate, and review. And tell a friend. Help me spread the word about the show. Torre Show is written by me, Torre, and produced by Chris Colbert and Matt Ford with help from Shelby Royston in association with Cadence 13 Studios. We're beaming to you from the amazing borough of Brooklyn, baddest place in the world. And we will be back next Wednesday with more knowledge from successful folks because the man ain't shut us down yet. Join us next Wednesday when our guest will be... Zadie Smith. Yeah, I'm excited.